Good morning. Would you pray with me, please? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts, O God, be acceptable in your sight this day. Amen. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Mary Jane Pierce Norton, and I have been a part of this congregation for quite a while. I, like Gracie and Jed, am an ordained deacon in the United Methodist Church, a member of the North Carolina Annual Conference. And for those of you who don't remember, we have two orders of ordination in our church, elders, which is what Sam is, and uh, deacon, which is what I'm a part of. And we are ordained as deacons to service, word, compassion, and justice. Now for me as a deacon, my ministry has mostly been in the realm of teaching. And so when I approach the word, I'm gonna approach it like teaching. So this may feel more like a teaching session than a sermon, but just warning you as I start here. Last week, we began our September study of do justice, love mercy, walk humbly with God, and we read Micah 6, 1 to 8. If you remember, the start of the chapter is a covenant trial with God bringing accusations against the people because they have broken covenant and by actions and words have abandoned God. God calls upon the very earth that God created to be the jurors and the witnesses to what the people have done. And God reminds the people what all God has done for them. God is saying to them, do you not know the story? Have you not heard my saving acts? Do you not yet know how to be my people? They are called to remember who God is and who they are. Out of this remembering of the gracious gifts God has given them, they are compelled to ask, what should we bring to you, O God? And by the very list that they named, we know they didn't get it. So God turns back to them and says, this is what I ask of you. Justice, mercy, walk side by side with me in your life. These are three simple things. One, two, three. Justice, mercy, walking with God. God doesn't want what we own. God wants who we are, and he wants the world to see whose we are. From birth until death, we are in the process of becoming the people God wants the world to see. Last week, as we explored justice, Gracie did a great job of saying that we must look around, open our eyes, see where injustice takes place, and we must do acts that bring justice forward. This week, we're looking at the phrase, love mercy, or as we had it read today, to love kindness. I ask that it be done, uh, that we read that version, because that's the version I learned. In the third grade, I received my Bible, which is sort of beat up now, sort of torn around, but the way I learned Micah 6, 8 was, he has showed you, O oh man, what is good, 
And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? When Sam and I were talking about this phrase, I said, you know, I wonder why kindness is in the uh, Revised Standard Version of the Bible and why mercy is in the New International Version and what made the choice between the two. So um, I like words. I like figuring words out. I like reading and I like thinking through what does something mean and what do we intentionally use and why. So I began to uh, look further to figure out what the difference is. For one thing, I started thinking myself is, what does mercy mean to me? And honestly, when I think of mercy, I do think about God. I think about God's mercy to us, God's encompassing mercy to us. I also think about playing with my brother and sister in the times that we would have to scream mercy to get away from each other or to stop something or when my mother would scream it as well. But um, I hear in mercy, forgiveness, and grace. I think in some ways, kindness has been a bit denigrated in our times. Many times people, when you say kindness, automatically think, be nice. And be nice feels like a very surface word that doesn't have the depth. But I think kindness expresses much more than that. It then, it says, how do we treat each other? Is it with kindness? Is it by being nice? There's power in those as well. So then I begin to wonder, what do other translations say? If we have mercy and kindness, and they're different, is that all that's out there? So no, you get to hear some of these translations and think about which one you like best. The common English Bible says, embrace faithful love. The complete Jewish Bible says, love grace. The Good News Bible says, show constant love. The message says, be compassionate and loyal in your love. And the Jerusalem Bible says, love loyalty. With all of these different translations for one simple phrase, then I wanted to know, well, what does the Hebrew word actually mean? The word that is used here. Now, pronunciations are not my strong point. And this Hebrew word has the CH at the beginning, which is that thing you sort of gravel back in your throat. I can't do it. So it, it is the word hesed. And Hesed does not have a direct English translation. I know Judy Wildridge worked with that with the group that she does on Thursdays and in Sunday school. It is hard to translate. There are various meanings and nuances that English doesn't get. But looking at the Jewish heritage on this, I discovered that to love mercy is to show Hesed covenant faithfulness, the relationship between God and us, loving kindness, loyal love to one another. It means giving oneself fully with love and compassion. And that word in the Torah 
is used more than 190 times. So it's an important word, a word that has depth for us. Whatever we're looking at, the phrase, whatever one we pick, underneath it all is living in a world where loving kindness is seen through our actions and our words. And it sometimes feels today that loving kindness is in short supply with the daily life. I thought more about it and uh, in talking with Nancy about hymns, we talked about this hymn that we sang this morning, There's a Wideness to God's Mercy. And for me, it helps understand the bigness of this phrase. Think about these words that we sang. There's a wideness in God's mercy like the wideness of the sea. There's a kindness of God's justice, which is more than liberty. For the love of God is broader than the measure of our mind, and the heart of the eternal is most wonderfully kind. All of that is contained in the simple little phrase we say, love mercy or love kindness. A complex word. This sent me back to the sermon that Sam did a few weeks ago on the Good Samaritan. You may remember, but she said the Samaritan is a picture of hospitality and mercy. And it made me wonder, is hospitality something we need to consider when we think about love kindness, showing mercy? Do we? through the portrait of the Good Samaritan, have a portrait of love and mercy? I think we do. And I think that's one of the marvelous things about scripture. Over and over again, we see the same themes coming out. Be kind, love one another, keep God foremost, do God's justice in the world, bring about God's kingdom, here on earth. All of these things echo over and over and over again. In my study, I feel fairly confident that the instruction to love mercy or love kindness applies to how we live in our relationships with one another. We are the receivers of the wideness of God's mercy, God's loving kindness, God's constant love, God's compassion, we are then to treat others in that way. I took a class last month online called From Fear to Love, Spiritual Grounding in Anxious Times. And indeed we are in anxious times. Maybe we always are. For me, being of the generation I am, I think back to 9-11 as a time when that anxious times began and feel like they've echoed over and over again through the recent pandemic, through the wars, through the um, argumentative and um, uh, overwhelming nature of culture today. So I was excited to take this. It was taught by Marjorie Thompson, and she said, hospitality, I think, is the natural fruit of our movement from fear to love. We as a people today have a great deal of fear of the stranger, of someone who embodies different traditions and understandings. We have an inherent fear of the different. 
Maybe we feel we'll lose something of our identity if we accept someone who is different and it can stand in the way of our offering hospitality. This isn't a new lesson. I'm gonna make you remember back to 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago, Jesus said, God loved all the world, no exception. 2,000 years ago, after Pentecost, it became clear that God spoke all the languages and all, spoke to all ethnicities. 2,000 years ago, the Ethiopian eunuch was baptized without stigma and accepted into the body. 2,000 years ago, Gentiles were welcomed as equals into what was previously an all-Jewish movement. 2,000 years ago, Paul said that in Christ there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, and male nor female. 2,000 years ago, the author of the book of Revelation envisioned people of every tribe and every nationality united in the new heaven and the new earth with God. And we humans continue to render judgment against one another, declaring who's in, who's out, who gets to be in charge, who doesn't. We argue and we have not moved all that far perhaps from hearing that message echo through these 2,000 years. Remember what Gracie said, to do justice, we have to see the injustice, and we have to act to change it. So what does it take for us to love mercy and kindness? I thought about with, um, with our um, remembering of 9-11, the play Come From Away. I don't know if you saw that play, but one of the things that happened was when 9-11 occurred, the uh, borders of the United States were closed and all planes were stopped from entering. And they were sent to um, Gander in Newfoundland and they were overwhelmed with all the people. The play is their constant offering of hospitality, of finding more places for people to, to sleep, of finding more places for people to listen to their story, of finding more things for them to be fed with, of finding more places for them to try to reach their loved ones back in the United States to say, I'm okay. It is an overwhelming hospitality, an overwhelming welcome of the other, and it came out of that tragedy that was happening around us. If we are to love mercy, we are to pay attention to our language, to be aware of labeling, of blaming, of name calling. We are to be challenged to listen to those with whom we do not agree. So this is a confession on my part. I don't like to do that. I like to be with people who agree with me. And I like to have this great conversation where we go back and forth and say, oh yeah, you're yeah, yeah, that's a yes, and yeah, you're great on that too. That's not what we're called to do. We're called to listen to all. I often think of the reply I might be giving instead of hearing what the other person says. So we are called in hospitality to create a space to listen to be with one another 
and through that mutual respect be able to share our differences, our samenesses, and our challenges. We may still disagree, but we are called by hospitality to dwell together. We are to embrace humility about what we think is right. Truth is indeed important, but love is the supreme value of faith. Only in this way are we able to self-correct in light of new knowledge. Marjorie used a quote from John Wesley that I want you to hear today. It's in the preface of his sermons that he wrote, and he said, are you persuaded you see more clearly than me? I'm actually thinking that John would have said, yeah, I do see more clearly than you, but this is not what he wrote. He said, it is not unlikely that you may. Then treat me as you would desire to be treated yourself. I entreat you not to beat me down in order to quicken my pace. Suppose I was ever so much in the wrong. I doubt this would set me right. Rather, it would make me run further from you. How often have we heard from those outside the church, I feel like I have been beaten and I'm going to run further from you instead of towards you. Hospitality, grace, loving kindness is what we seek. He went on to say, perhaps if you're angry, so shall I too be. And then there'll be no small hope in finding the truth. If once anger arises, the smoke will so dim the eyes of my soul, I shall see nothing clearly. For God's sake, if possible, let us not provoke one another to wrath. For how far is love, even with many wrong opinions, to be preferred before truth itself without love? We may die without the knowledge of many truths and still be welcomed into the bosom of Abraham. But if we die without knowledge, um, but if we die without love, what will knowledge avail? <clears throat> Can we pay attention to what we say that makes people want to run toward us, to be part of this fellowship? Can we listen with a depth that enables people to tell their stories and for us to exchange? the things that help us grow? Can we have humility about what we think is right? Can we abide with others? That's our challenge with loving kindness. It's not easy, and it's best captured by this poem by Elizabeth Stevens called Slow Work. We are chipping away at a mountain not a boulder. Celebrate the progress, the triumphs. Celebrate all, the all heartbreaking almost. Breathe. Rest for a while, then get up and turn toward kindness. Turn toward your neighbor in need, toward those who are still trapped in stone. Tell them I won't give up. Tell them I am with you until the mountain crumbles to dust. Thanks be to God, our creator, our redeemer, and our sustainer. Amen. <clears throat>